0: I've listened to Bambi by Hippocampus since it came out in 2018. And I listened to it once yesterday. Welcome to Spin It. everybody, and welcome back to Spin It, the record-ranking podcast for people who would rather be listening to music. I'm James, that's Connor, and this is Spin It. Like I said... The
1: people's champion in the house.
0: Sticking by that? Yeah,
1: I'm the people's champion.
0: Even after the events of last week, which was our awesome grammy special episode that hasn't been recorded (laughs) oh well i obviously
1: (laughs) accurately predicted who who'd be doing like the people's champion would
0: yeah who was it about who who was last week's episode about the grammy episode
1: you know we did the episode was last week we know
0: (laughs) The, the joke is that we haven't recorded it yet but i hope you liked it and i hope we liked it too what an exciting thing i hope
1: we did too hey hey why are you so jealous
0: I'm not jealous
1: yeah you are you're jealous of the people's champion
0: why would I be jealous of the people's champion
1: because you're not you're not one okay that's in the final track that's like the why they say over and over is at the beginning they say it seven so why are you so jealous
0: oh got it you're making passenger jokes at me
1: i'm just making jokes about the album we're gonna be talking about which is bambi
0: bambi by hippocampus not bambi the deer this is different this is bambi by hippocampus
1: hippocampus has its mother a little dark i mean can we just talk about how good of a huntsman that guy had to have been to shoot a like a white-tailed deer like running at full speed like that's gonna be a pretty impressive shop
0: was she running at full speed i haven't seen bambi in a long time
1: oh you haven't they're like running through the field or whatever and she's like like, go, Bambi, go. And they're all running back towards the forest and then the gunshot goes off. So he gets her at full sprint. Well, like, shout out to that guy. Shout out
0: to the villain of Bambi. (laughs) Yeah. No, this isn't about that, the album actually takes inspiration from a very different source that we'll talk about in a little bit, but it is named the same, like Bambi the Deer. Maybe we should have watched Bambi in preparation for this, like we watched Elvis in preparation for the Elvis episode.
1: That would have been a weird one. Yeah, it would have. I want to watch a movie about a hippopotamus who goes to college.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's the (laughs) other interesting bit about this episode. The band name. Hippocampus, I'm sure you're probably familiar with the part of your brain. No. Oh, well, it's in there i am (laughs) even you have one whoa (laughs) yeah but that's what the band's name is derived from but they put a space in between it so now yeah it does mean like a pachyderm at university
1: pachyderm university that'd be a great name for a film pachydermiversity i don't know what i'm talking about anymore
0: no you you lost that thread a while ago (laughs) the band hippocampus is one that i had my eye on from their earlier days Uh, probably 20 i don't know 15 16 is when i plugged into them And I was listening to their debut album, Landmark, before Bambi was even around. So I'm a longtime listener. Oh. I like Hippocampus
1: you're you're a bambi hipster liking it before it was cool
0: yeah yeah maybe well it, no when it was cool it's always been cool nothing's
1: i don't know was it cool when it first came out was it... oh
0: this is philosophical do we give coolness to something based on whether we like it or not yeah i
1: think so i think that's kind of the whole concept of it of what cool, being cool is it's a social construct so unless you're talking about temperature then that's you know objective we're off the rails just tell me about the artists already
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I probably should so hippocampus is a band made up of a group of friends from St. Paul, Minnesota. They mostly met in 2013 at the St. Paul Conservatory for Performing Artists. They were all students together studying everything from jazz to opera so they came in with a wide range of influences by 2017 the lineup would be totally complete consisting of jake luppen who sings and plays the guitar nathan stalker who also sings and plays the guitar zach sutton plays the bass whistler allen plays the drums and DiCarlo jackson plays the trumpet
1: some weird hippo names
0: <laughs> that's their actual names <laughs> They had
1: hippo names, though. That's what I'm going to choose to call them.
0: What an awful transition. <laughs> Back in the day, they did used to have stage names like Stitches and Beans,
1: and Espo and Tarntan.
0: Yeah. But they've dropped those stage names in the days since. So they just go by their actual name names now. But they started making music together. Their first EP came out in 2013, followed by 2014's Bashful Creatures and South in 2016, which is the first EP that I listened to by the band. I love South. It's very good. Hippocampus, they put out their first two projects independently, but by the time South dropped, they had signed with Grand Jury Records and started to pick up a lot of like real attention. They started to make TV appearances they had songs put in other media especially their song The Halo Cline," It was an integral part of the show Falling Skies. Hmm. And they started a tour with a lot of bigger name bands in the genre, including My Morning Jacket, Walk the Moon, and even Modest Mouse. They started appearing at festivals, including South by Southwest and Lollapalooza. And this is before they've even released an album. They're really getting around the alt and indie music scene. Their first full-length record, Landmark, came out in 2017, and it's a pretty guitar-driven version of what would kind of morph into their signature sound. Although, in time, and especially on Bambi, they abandoned that guitar edge for a much more synthy, washed-out keyboard kind of sound. But they supported Landmark with an international headlining tour, another Lollapalooza appearance, and a stop at Bonnaroo. So if any of you have visited those festivals in, you know, the last five, six years, you've maybe seen Hippocampus perform. Their second album and our topic of discussion for today is Bambi. It came out in September of 2018. I actually picked up Bambi the day it came out. I'm a day one bambier
1: you were there the day bambi was born
0: i was yeah the prince of the forest no we keep making references to the movie it wasn't anything like it's nothing to do with bambi the movie <laughs> it's got
1: everything to do with it
0: it doesn't no actually the namesake for this album comes after a lake house where they would go to write music and unwind. It was kind of their little writing retreat spot. It was owned by Jake Lupin's aunt, Bambi. So it's a person, not a deer. His his dear aunt, Bambi. His dear aunt, Bambi. All right. <laughs> the band actually wrote this record over the course of just four months in the winter while they were actually touring for Landmark. So that one was still fresh out when they started making this one. And while they made the album, they actually made it a point to challenge themselves with all kinds of unique melodies, chord progressions, and really sharp production. They went out of their way to make this unlike anything they'd done before. Did they pass? I would say they passed, being familiar with their earlier work. They
1: passed their challenge?
0: I think they did succeed at their own challenge, yeah. Or at least I think they would say they would. They put out Bambi, and it was supported by three of the album's ten tracks, as singles including passenger golden and bambi but songs like why even try anxious and doubt also made pretty big impacts on listeners and fans and in fact the singles from this record are some of the ones some some of the ones that i actually like the least they'd be middle of the road for me i'll give nothing away you're giving nothing away i'm trying to tease anything out of you at the early stages of this yeah this is
1: another one you're going to be very anxious to know how i feel about it sounds like
0: yeah i am anxious But we won't talk more about that until track two.
1: Instead, let's talk about some mistakes. No. (laughs) Let's just jump right into
0: it. Yeah. Critics have said of Bambi, they think it's about finding footing in a shaky world, being confused and unsure, and not understanding everything, and knowing that's all right. And according to the line of Best Fit, they said the record sounded like the band was searching for a better something, which is... A degree of vagueness that I think is fitting for this record. It's like hopeful, but we don't know exactly what for. I like it. As for the band's history since 2018, they've put out a pair of demos recordings after Bambi. Some of them were previously unreleased, and some of them were unused takes that didn't make the cut for the record. And I really like those records too. And then in 2021, they put out another EP called Good Dog Bad Dream that features some wild... rhythmical variations and musical decisions. They, It's almost like they went out of their way to one-up themselves again. When they went from Landmark to Bambi, they said, okay, this is going to be a record where we push ourselves to do something different. And then for Good Dog, Bad Dream it feels like they went, okay, let's push ourselves again (laughs) and do something even more radically different than Bambi. And I think that's really cool. Then in February of 2022, a year ago, they put out their third LP, appropriately titled LP3. I can't believe it's been out for a year. And separately, the band's members have also invested a little time into solo projects. So they've been staying pretty busy over the last five years. It's been a whirlwind of new Hippocampus music since 2017. But that's what you need to know about Hippocampus. And here comes a bunch of stuff that you might not need to know about Hippocampus, but it's really cool to know either way. Let's play some Factor Spin. Let's do it. Let's get him on out here. Him being the mixtaper, the the dastard behind the game show.
1: Yeah. The dastardly host of our favorite game show
0: yes (laughs) hey it's me the mixtape back here for another victorious week i don't know about that and actually we won't even know i mean we're recording this episode now but we don't know what happened last week maybe your perfect year is already ruined oh no i'm putting that thought in your head early psych you out maybe
1: oh no what have you done i'm i played the mind games here
0: yeah, well, I've already started playing my mind games. I'm frankly still pretty upset about the Elvis episode. Yeah,
1: you should be. I got you good on that one. I mean, really good. Bravo. <laughs> I got a fun little mind game of my own this week.
0: I'm going to let you pick the order of the facts. <laughs> Okay, make a number one through four. Well, so we usually do four as the big ramp. I don't want to start there, but let's start off with a bang at number three. All right, here we go. The band has an interesting ritual. Okay, like a pre-show ritual? Correct. Okay, we've had a couple of those before, like eating chickens and <laughs> doing <laughs> other things. What is Hippocampus's pre-show ritual?
1: Negative emotion
0: expulsion. So they try and feel really good before the show. What do they do to expel their negative emotions?
1: They stand in a circle
0: and say them they say all their negative emotions like i'm angry i'm upset i if i'm reading this right they just say the name of the
1: emotion they stand in a circle and they go around one by one and say the name of any negative emotion that they've been feeling so they can get it off their chest before they have to go out and give a performance so one of them might be like anger the other one's like depression
0: and so it makes them less angry or depressed or whatever like just to talk about it and
1: just to kind of get it
0: out of their head speak it yeah clear their mind exactly. Sure. That seems like like it would make sense. How long have they been doing this? Why'd they start? I don't know. They just do it. They just do it. Like Nike. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. I feel like you could have a lot of emotions before going on stage and putting on a show. And if Bambi, as an album, tells us anything, it's that they do experience a lot (laughs) Of those bad emotions from time to time. And it could be helpful, I think, to probably do something like this. Does anyone ever not have any negative emotions? What do you say if you don't think you need to cleanse from something?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, maybe. Everybody's feeling something that they don't want to be.
0: I don't know, right? Has anybody ever
1: truly not got anything? Maybe it's just nerves.
0: Or... Yeah, just something. I
1: would say maybe they just say like a happy emotion,
0: but they, you don't want to get that out of your head. No, bottle that up. <laughs> yeah, you want to keep that bottled up. I don't know. Lock and key on the good emotions. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to say this is a fact. Going with a fact. Yeah, I'm thinking the band does have an interesting ritual. Yes. This is
1: a spin. Darn
0: it! It was a believable spin. It's a believable spin. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> they seem like a tight knit group of friends. Uh huh. Oh man.
1: And like you said, it's like they're all about anger, like negative emotions, anger, frustration,
0: and, uh, anger, frustration, disappointment. <laughs> Any fear? No fear <laughs> yet. I'm just expelling my negative emotions at you right now. <laughs> Pick your next fact. Lucky number two. Lucky number two. Yeah, we'll make a sandwich out of it and take the middle first. Oh. Which is the opposite, I guess, of what you do. Okay. Is that how you eat your sandwiches? No, you'd make a sandwich <laughs> the other way around because you need the outsides to fill. Inverted sandwich. Yeah. Bread on the end. Just like the KFC sandwich where they put bacon in between chicken and called it a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what a time. Remember that? Wow. No.
1: Lucky number two is Jake Lupin lost to an American idiot.
0: Okay. Well, the first thing that strikes me from this fact is American Idiot is a whole episode episode we've done green day Uh uh-huh do they have any relevance to this fact
1: perchance why don't you go ahead and name me some a member of green
0: day billy joe armstrong
1: a different one mike dernt there you go (laughs)
0: seems like he's always the one yeah
1: he lost to mike dernt
0: he lost what a competition a tooth mike dernt lost a tooth when he got hit with that mud
1: (laughs) uh, a competition yeah
0: okay was it a tooth having competition (laughs) because That's funny. No, okay, so what are they competing in or for?
1: An ice coffee drinking
0: contest. Really? (laughs) Like a one-on-one contest? Uh Uh-huh. How'd this happen?
1: It happened while celebrating at Rachel Ray's
0: Feedback House. What? (laughs) (laughs) Rachel Ray, like the one who cooks? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so she's having a party.
1: Well, not so much a party. The Feedback House is just like a place that they they were at with Rachel Ray. For what? An event? I can't figure that out. I knew you'd ask and I tried. I really did. So let's just
0: assume that Rachel Ray's throwing a party. This is absurd. I know. Rachel Ray's throwing a party. She invites Green Day. And Hippocampus, I, my first question is unrelated to the fact. Who else is here?
1: They are the only ones mentioned and the only ones in the photo. So,
0: hold on. <laughs> so not Green Day and Hippocampus, Mike Durnt and Jake Lupin. Yeah. They're the only two people here. No, well, no,
1: no, 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 no. Sorry. It's Mike Durnt, uh, Espo, Turntan, Stitches and Beans as they still went at the time. Oh, Okay. Rachel Ray and then a guest are who are photo, in the photo. And then I'm sure they, it looks like there's a whole bunch of other people.
0: And while they're here, Jake Lupin goes, hey, you want to drink a lot of iced coffee? Uh, While
1: they're the sponsor of whatever this event was, was the Javalia iced coffee brand.
0: Oh, so they sponsored the event and said, hey, why don't you two go and make yourself sick on our coffee?
1: No, they, I just I think there's like a whole little bar area that just has the little like personal packaged iced coffees in them with almond milk. that's the almond milk ice coffees
0: oh so they just went up to the bar then and said hey you and me let's put them back yeah like really there's
1: tons of photos from whatever this event is and people like chugging them and taking things and they decided to have a chugging contest to see who could down their bottle first okay
0: so now we get to the meat and potatoes of the fact how many did each of them drink
1: i don't know how many they drank total throughout the event but this was specifically a one chug contest
0: oh it's just like a speed contest otherwise known as a race yeah yep, 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 yep. okay how bad did he lose?
1: No I can't imagine you lose that badly it's not that much to lose by no true, but
0: he lost interesting in all kinds of weird
1: Specifically it's one of these. Here I've grabbed a picture of one of them for you just so we're clear about what they were drinking.
0: Oh okay. I don't know what to believe. This is a lot to take in. I guess this is on some level, this is definitely true. You've said too many things for this to be a hundred percent a lie. Mm. They clearly were in the same place.
1: But is it partially a lie? That's the
0: question. No. I think this one's a fact. No. I can't lock in fact every time. Do you know how many times I've said fact in the last several weeks? <laughs> I guess. I guess I'm sticking to it.
1: Well, last week or I guess 2 weeks ago, they were all facts and you didn't believe like hardly any of them.
0: I didn't believe half of them. Yeah. During the episode though, I did pretty well. <laughs> then you gave me extras. Anyway, that's not the point now. I think I'm going to just just roll the dice on fact. All right. There you are. That's probably means it's a spin
1: it's a spin you sent the picture (laughs) you sent the picture
0: and so that definitely locked in for me that this was a spin
1: yep but they did go to rachel ray's feedback house all of them were there in this as
0: you can see by this photo i sure can see that and yeah i knew that was true
1: yeah yeah this was in uh this was on march 21st of 2015 as well
0: so i'm 0 for 2 already this sucks. I'm already behind the 8 ball.
1: Yes. The best you can do is tie. I've already I've already locked in that at least this week is not going to be the loss that ruins my streak.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> the
1: pressure is off. <laughs> Ugh. Go ahead and uh, pick a number. You got one and four left. Which part of the sandwich you want next?
0: Well, I can't put number four in the four slot, so we'll do number four next and go just all out of whack.
1: All right. Well, in that case, Nathan's Stalker picked up a pair of interesting hobbies.
0: Ugh. A pair is a difficult <laughs> thing to work with because one could be true or neither could be true. This gives me way less margin for error you skip you skipped
1: the other option where both are true
0: they could both be true but you know I'm probably gonna end up saying fact <laughs> and that would work out so I don't know we'll find out we will find out fact
1: oh okay uh this is <laughs> no wait <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are his interesting hobbies does he cast things in bronze <laughs> is he a law enforcement officer no <laughs> <laughs> those are not his two interesting hobbies what what are the two
1: uh for the first one I'd like to remind you of the classic phrase buy a man of spirit and he'll have a spoon teach a man to carve a spoon and he'll also have a spoon but it'll probably be a less good spoon
0: that's a good phrase (laughs) and that's a (laughs) long-winded way of saying he got into spoon carving specific (laughs) hobby How did you get into spoon carving? There was a
1: good old chunk of free time that you've maybe heard of
0: called the pandemic. I sure have. Yeah, it's come (laughs) up in my life. And so he decided just to spend his two weeks at home carving spoons. Two weeks is in quotation marks. His two weeks. (laughs) That's in quotes.
1: (laughs) Okay, gotcha. He went down one of those famous YouTube rabbit holes and ended up on a tutorial on how to do spoon carving and loosely got into the hobby. Loosely. How many spoons has
0: he carved? Only a couple. Like a, a full set? Can he entertain?
1: I don't even know if he has a full set. I have images of two of them.
0: Are they okay? Do they look good?
1: Uh, One of them looks significantly better than the other. Let's well, put it that way. Yeah, At <laughs> got a first spoon. You got to give
0: him a pass on his first. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: you know, a freebie spoon.
0: What's the hardest part about carving a spoon? Has he said what's tough about it or easy, what he likes?
1: He did say uh, he does say he likes doing it because it passes the time. You know, it's it's like something that you can lose track of time on, kind of empty your mind, yeah, you- detox from overthinking, sort of thing.
0: Right, therapeutic.
1: Yeah, that's a way better word than anything I said. <laughs> so
0: that's hobby number one.
1: Sure is. And the reason I said these were a pair of hobbies is because they do kind of go together.
0: Don't tell me he carves forks too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That would be such a me thing to do.
0: (laughs) I've heard actually that spoon carving is pretty similar to carving small bowls on sticks.
1: Oh, they're probably pretty similar.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what's the second hobby that is maybe related? The second hobby
1: is pyrography.
0: Pyrography. So it sounds to me, phonetically, I don't know, breaking it down. Uh-huh. Pyrography sounds like fire writing. Yeah, you
1: pretty much nailed it.
0: So like branding things.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's less writing and more like detailing. Okay. It's, you know, less like you have a quill and it's on
0: fire and more well, you have like, okay.
1: a, like a hot piece of metal and you're carving into wood and burning
0: wood or leather to make like images. Yeah, like... Like branding yeah a little bit does this come about because of the spoons
1: it was similarly found in a youtube deep
0: dive got it down the rabbit hole
1: and he did indeed test out his pyrography skills on his spoons.
0: How big are the handles of his spoons? That's not a lot of... Uh,
1: no, I don't think you understand. Like, it, it's, you just play, can put patterns and stuff.
0: Okay, uh, that makes sense. Like, if it's small.
1: Uh, on one of them, he's got, like, some stars going up the handle.
0: Nice. So what kind of equipment do you need for pyrography? Is it just some kind of metal heating apparatus and, like, a, a, a rod of some sort? Do you need, I don't know, special tools? Uh,
1: yes, you need special... Special tools <laughs> you can just buy like a, a wood burning kit it's almost like a pen or pencil right think think a screwdriver but the end of it heats
0: up right and it's connected to like a box that heats it up right like a like a battery (laughs) yeah uh, or something yeah sure so it's almost like a little blowtorch but instead of open flame it is just really hot metal
1: yeah think like soldering if you've ever seen like a soldering kit yeah and you can get like different like tips Mm -hmm.
0: are these hobbies that he's stuck with over the last couple years or is this just like a, I dabbled and now I'm done?
1: I th- yeah, no, I think this was more of just a, I was bored, couldn't leave my house, and now I'm done.
0: Right, makes sense. I know. How many of you out there will ever make a loaf of bread again? <laughs> I
1: might be soon. Uh, I love to make some pumpernickel bread.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah, present company excluded. Darn you, I want to say this as a fact. But you're not gonna? My gut is saying, don't say fact. Mm. But I know if I do that, this is going to be true. <laughs>
1: so that seems to be how these things play out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's the pandemic. Everybody picked up a little thing here and there.
1: But did... Nathan Stalker.
0: no spin this one's a spin no go with spin it is a spin I think you learned about fire writing and wanted to talk about it
1: oh he's another one of those I wanted to talk about things gotcha
0: it could be or the spoon thing could be real and you've added the fire writing as a mm. red herring as a distraction and
1: could the fire writing be true and the spoon thing be not true
0: absolutely not oh okay yeah under no cases is that the case so
1: so lock it in spin
0: I'm locking in spin. Spin on the spoons. All right. So
1: far, we've had fact number three is a spin that you guessed wrong. Fact number two is a spin that you guessed wrong. And fact number four as a spin that you guessed right. It is indeed a spin.
0: I got it. Yay. Yay, me. It feels a little less meaningful since you've already not lost.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's great, too, at this point. All I have to do now every week is get at least two, and I've won. <laughs>
0: yeah, you buy yourself an extra, You bought yourself an extra point so that you can consider a win. I can't believe it. I can't believe I let this happen. You let me get away with this. <laughs> because now I have to get three, or it's almost like I've lost. We are infamous for 50-50s. Like, so many of our episodes have been split down the middle Uh uh-huh oh this is hard okay is any of it true no and why did you say it what's the inspiration
1: i came up with the idea of him having an interesting hobby and then i found both of those i was like i don't know which one to pick so why not both why not both they go together yeah they literally like on a
0: list of interesting weird hobbies that i found are right next to one another well i kind of considered the fact that carved spoons are going to be wooden and you're kind of almost in a literal sense playing with fire if you're superheating wood
1: (laughs) That's the whole point of pyrography is you do it into wood or leather. That's true. (laughs) It's like, those are your two mediums. Well, (laughs) that leaves us with number one. Yeah. The last piece of the sandwich that you put on when you're making a sandwich.
0: So here we are. Right. Yeah. I'm, not sure. I feel like I maybe have saved myself an actual final ramp here because kind of what I assume happens if you find facts at all, like if you research, you probably find the most outrageous facts first and write it down first and then you fill in spins as you go along. So this could be a really outrageous fact.
1: Sometimes. Sometimes I already have ideas for spins and they get written down first and then I go hunting for things. Yeah. Other times I go hunting for things, can't find anything, make up a spin and then come across something later. My process is an enigma. It sure is. Don't try to psychoanalyze my process.
0: No, far be it from me. But you have
1: indeed saved yourself a final (laughs) ramp, so...
0: I was gonna say, let's hear.
1: DeCarlo Jackson owns a unique piece of
0: art. Is it the Lars Ulrich toilet?
1: (laughs) could you imagine if he was the owner of that
0: that would blow my mind is it a piece of art that i would know like a famous piece of art or just just a bizarre one
1: uh no i don't think you would know it
0: okay what is the medium of the art is it a sculpture is it a painting is it a photograph
1: it is a
0: fountain i guess it's a fountain Yes, a cascading fountain. He owns a unique cascading fountain. With a copper bowl. How big is the fountain? Like backyard-sized or sits on your desk size? I
1: actually have dimensions, <laughs> so... Here you go. 65 inches high, 40 inches wide, 20 inches
0: deep. So this is a backyard piece. That's like feet tall. Oh, yes, that's about, yes. That feels like a thing where if you own it, you've either had it installed in your backyard or you bought a house with it in the backyard
1: definitely had it installed Uh
0: uh-huh what's so unique about it
1: the medium
0: it is made out of and what it represents Oh, what it's made out of so it's got copper bowls obviously check that one off the list
1: (laughs) (laughs) so unique yes
0: yeah what else is it made out of Instruments. I thought you might say this. <laughs> what kind of instruments?
1: Non-functional musical instruments, including a tenor sax, an alto sax, a trombone, and two trumpets
0: with rolling balls. I don't know what that means. I don't know what the last part means either. So, like brass instruments then? Yeah. Okay, sensible to not make a fountain out of wooden instruments. And then it has just
1: some other, like, copper and glass uh doodads okay why and where did he pick this up he bought it from a artist named douglas walker
0: i see and it's one of a kind douglas walker doesn't make a bunch of these
1: uh it's not one of a kind but they all are kind of unique and this one specifically
0: is yeah
1: how so he specifically picked out which instruments were used
0: oh how much did he spend on this It's a commission piece of already, like, I mean, instruments can get pretty pricey. Water features can also get pretty pricey. Mm -hmm. Put them both together. This might be a pretty hefty price tag. We're going to play our second
1: favorite game show. Guess that dollar amount here in a moment.
0: Why don't I ever see it coming?
1: (laughs) But first, I do want to just give you a little more background so you can make a better educated guess. Thank you. Douglas Walker is kind of known for his instrument artwork. That's like his thing. His art studio is just filled with non-functioning graphics copper and tons of instruments tons of like candlesticks and vases just all sorts of things that you can then use in these
0: sure yeah scrap and yeah you'd probably collect
1: he he makes you know wind features water features sculptures wall art decals I looked them up I'm sure you did and that's how I have a price I don't know what he spent I mean I imagine picking out the instruments is maybe just a thing he was able to do by contacting the guy because there's a contact section on his website sure you might be right because he again his the picture he has of his studio is just filled with instruments so it probably wouldn't have been like too pricey to pick out the instruments but I can tell you what the most recent one sold for yeah by all means I don't know about his well I mean I'm going to
0: once you guess it that is oh fine fine <laughs> so I'm gonna get get a fountain like that. I don't know how much fountains cost in general, actually. Actually, wait, no, I kind of do. Okay. One of my friends recently received a water feature for Christmas, and so I looked into what it would cost for everyone to chip in and buy a ridiculous one next year. I'm going to say $7,000. Ooh, a bit high actually really yeah the one that i saw was eight thousand and it wasn't custom
1: this one called twin sax number 21 sold for three thousand seven hundred
0: fifty dollars oh well is it just one saxophone or a twin if it's twin it's probably two
1: it's two saxophones and it looks like a trombone. And then some other copper doodads.
0: So for 3000 bucks, okay. Not an unreasonable price.
1: So his was probably maybe a little more than that with the extra instruments and stuff. Expensive,
0: but not unreasonable. Yeah. This
1: is a spin. This is a spin.
0: Yeah, my spin senses are tingling. I know that you played trumpet and brass instruments. Sure and did. I also know that you have a bit of a penchant for decor. Interesting things that you find and you like. And, you know, mm. other stuff similar to some kind of unique fountain. I think you know the artist, Hmm. or at least knew the fountain, or conceptualized of a fountain like this, and found an artist that fit what you thought. And I think that's where this comes from.
1: Gotcha. Well, now that you've locked in Spin, let me give you the last little piece of information I have, which is uh, the instruments he chose were because those are the brass instruments he plays Yeah, as a multi-instrumentalist.
0: Yeah, I figured you might say that. This is a Spin. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought you'd get me to walk it back. This is a spin! I wasn't changing my mind. I know sometimes about half the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know you I can I can correctly guess at least half the time. <laughs> I had to warm up. I had to warm up into this round, is what happened here, obviously.
1: Yeah, it really is what happened.
0: Yeah. Had to wake up the old hippocampus.
1: There is the one I described, and that is the one I described actually is Twin Sacks 21.
0: That's three thousand bucks? That's actually really cool.
1: There are about 25 water outlets. So water comes out of about 25 different places and cascades back down into the bowl. That's really cool. So I assume it's like out of like the saxophone plugs and the trumpet buttons and stuff and the tops of them.
0: Yeah, awesome. It does look
1: awesome. And I did not know about it ahead of time. I just was like, oh, he's a multi-instrumentalist. What's a cool art piece? And I literally, you made the joke about casting things in bronze on the last fact. I did. I did. My first one was his childhood trumpet cast in bronze and i was like "Mm, nah why would he want to cast his already metal instrument in another metal in a worse metal (laughs) so then i was just like cool instrument art and i found that and i was like that's awesome there's his website and i absolutely want one now i would buy that for three thousand seven hundred fifty dollars that's i know you
0: awesome i know you would and that's why i was really (laughs) suspicious the red flags were going up on this fact Well, that's great. I saved defeat, but not by much.
1: You saved defeat, but also technically lost.
0: Your streak is still going, unless...
1: My streak lived, which you're trying to end, so you you lost that
0: battle, but you tied the war. Unless you lost last week. Well, maybe. And only the audience knows that.
1: Only the audience knows that, yeah. It's
0: a little bit of dramatic irony, really. We don't know what happens in the last episode.
1: It really is. All this could have been for nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm gonna to continue to feel good about this. And you can continue oh, okay. to feel however you wanna feel. You know what? Just just purge that negative emotion. Uh sloths no well sloth yeah sloth is one of the deadly sins (laughs) is it an emotion i don't know (laughs) i guess it's kind of more of a behavior pattern
1: yeah you're right all right but until then i'm gonna go purge some negative emotions back in the untrue
0: yeah good idea
1: i'll see you next week for another exciting round of fact or spin yeah you will
0: yeah well goodbye mixtaper hello connor Ah, people's champion. Ah, the people's champion. You're sticking by that. I'm still sticking by it. I just wondered if your mind had changed halfway through.
1: No, it is not a mistake. Nice. Would have been a good transition, but we got album art to do. <laughs> I'll just keep making mistake references until it's time.
0: Yeah, sure. Let's talk about the album art on. Bambi. It's a really involved piece of album art.
1: It is very involved.
0: If you look on the left side, there's like a... I can't tell if it's an actual woman or a mannequin or something sprawled out on steps. Like floating stairs, too. The really hip, cool ones. Very pink, purpley, dark blue. And then on the right side, there's a lot of squiggles.
1: A lot of squiggles. Yeah. And all the track names.
0: Yes, all the track names on the front, which is sometimes a rarity. Which is cool. It is very neat.
1: Looking like, like icicles.
0: Yeah, the way they hang down. It kind of... To me, feels like that is them knowing that this album is mostly going to be consumed digitally. So most people will only ever see the front cover of the album. Ah, yeah, it's almost like what they used to do with like old timey records, where they put the track names on the front because they want you to pick it up and buy it right away. Yeah, I feel like this one is kind of like most of you will never see the flip side since you'll stream this somewhere. So we'll put everything on the front. Makes sense. Yeah,
1: you know how like things go full circle with technology, like like cell phones, right? Yeah, cell phones were really, 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 really big. And bulky... And then, you know, we started making more and more and more compact until we discovered we could put a screen on them. Then they started doing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger again. And now they've gotten so big people are like trying to figure out how to fold them back up so that we can still keep them big, but also get them more compact again. Bigger but smaller. It's like just that continuous cycle. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is that we've gone from, oh i got to have it on the front so people see it to ah, people see it on the back to oh, we gotta put it on the
0: front so people see it. <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much how it's happened. Pretty funny. I think I saw or read somewhere that the squiggles and the hole on on the right side is meant to represent the change in their style. As they kind of oh. evolve into this new era.
1: It just looks like one of those like indie video game ragdolls. <laughs> like the the body falls over and all the limbs just take off and do crazy things.
0: Flapping around <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. It's, it's interesting for sure. And it was a fun one to make Instagram art for. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Before we get into the tracks, I wanted to give a quick little note about how the band writes a lot of their songs. They describe their process for creation in a really unique way. They say... We're just four dudes fumbling around in the dark, hoping we stumble upon some light somewhere. That's kind of where the music comes from.
1: Whenever you preface an episode with like, oh, there's this really unique way that they go about their process. It's usually because to the average person as their champion, I I think the average person's going to have a hard time recognizing that. And you want to try to like soften the negative blow that maybe some of the tracks could have for seeming like a jumbled mess of people trying to stumble upon something.
0: No, no, I don't think it's (laughs) like that. I think it's just that most people will never look into or know how the writing process goes for these bands. Yeah.
1: Is it really much of a process if you're just stumbling around looking?
0: Yeah, that's the way. It tells a lot about their mindset, about how they create and the place that they're coming from when they do it, I think. Uh, to me, a
1: process is a series of actual like steps, not just a random stumbling, but that's okay.
0: Well, if stumbling is one of your steps, step one, stumble. Step two, song that's steps right speaking of steps how about that album art full circle again
1: full circle listen all i'm saying might have been a bit of a mistake
0: yeah it might have been (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) let's get into track anyway let's spin it yeah oh look you brought that back it's been
1: it's been a couple episodes because you've done such a smooth transition into it it felt weird and so i let it go but i always thought about it oh you didn't want to interrupt that's why this time i got it out there before you could transition it
0: i see i don't remember the last time you said a let's spin it. I think it was before Spinter Wonderland. No,
1: no, it's been since then.
0: I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. Either way, we're spinning it now. Track one is Mistakes. It's a different kind of track on this album already. It's a bit more of an introductory track instead of like an album tentpole. I liked it. You liked it. Okay, good. You're showing your hand now.
1: I like the intro at least. Mm, gotcha
0: it's ethereal very disembodied it is
1: and that's what i expected
0: okay well that's good i think if what you expected is something you maybe expected to enjoy sometimes surprising subverting your expectations can be good sometimes it could be bad though and for you it seems more often than not that's a bad thing
1: uh technically yes but that's because you've only given me bad examples wow
0: okay (laughs) jake lupin says this song is about wanting to be the best you can for the people you love but feeling like you can't really carry that out. He wrote the song, and it's very interesting to me if you listen to the way it sounds now, he wrote the song with an acoustic guitar. At 5 a.m. He says they're shooting for a Beach Boys from Space kind of vibe. I got,
1: I get that vibe. Yeah.
0: Good Beach Boys from Space, too. Meh. Not Pet Sounds Beach Boys from Space. Meh. Oh, you thought it was Pet Sounds Beach Boys from Space style?
1: It was very hit or miss. And actually, I will now show my hand a little bit. When you mentioned that the singles from the album are some of your least favorites. Yeah. I tend to agree with you.
0: <laughs> Not least least.
1: You know, it, it, it went back and forth between Good Beach Boys and Bad Beach Boys. Depending on the track.
0: Oh, no, that's just a specific song. Oh, well... This song probably was a, a better Beach Boys.
1: This song was a good Beach Boy.
0: Yeah, that's actually the one where they're trying to emulate the Beach Boys.
1: I don't know, the whole album, just his singing voice and style kind of gave me some Beach Boy vibes. That's fair. Even if the style didn't always necessarily match, but just the him, Jake, the main singer.
0: I think a lot of that Beach Boys style sound is, is maybe a bit of a relic from Landmark, from their older style. It carries over well, blends together with the new very well, but I think they love lose a little bit of that going forward with Good Dog, Bad Dream and LP3, it does, I mean, evolve even further away from it. Yeah, Conceptually, I really like Mistakes. The whole album is very introspective. Right off the top. A lot of those negative emotions that the band, I guess, doesn't <laughs> cleanse before shows. But those are a lot of the things this album is about. And the, I mean, track names alone reflect that. Anxious, doubt, why even try? You know, they're, they're, it's there. But Mistakes is a great way to start it off. The speaker talks about being marked with this warning. He's got a glow about in the keys. People way he keeps making an allusion to the garden of eden where a snake gets adam and eve to kind of make mankind's first mistake is really the way he's trying to frame the song and in the chorus he kind of tries to justify it like i'm not that bad everybody makes mistakes everyone's doing it you know trying to give himself that leeway yeah. yeah, and it's an interesting mindset to open you into this album with. The outro at the end of this song features kind of a little garbled vocal that says, don't be afraid of the way that you feel. Open your heart and you'll see it's real. That little piece of song was recorded on Nathan Stalker's phone. He says he was talking to a homeless man outside of one of their concert venues and the guy was singing that. So he decided to whip out his phone and record it. In his own words... The experience was quote really strange. That's interesting. It is. I don't think we've seen anything like that on an album before in our 83 episodes. You know, you know what I'm feeling? what anxious to talk about the next track i'm anxious to talk about anxious too the bulk of anxious was written by bassist zach sutton and he says the song was kind of a scribbling of all my social anxieties that i could comprehend and i was never really sure if that was a part of growing up or something more than that so that's really what the song is it's this anxiety to a degree that is really starting to hinder your relationships and get in the way of being with people what's interesting about some of these songs anxious first and foremost is that it's heavy subject matter but i think the music belies that
1: so the instrumentals are
0: on point almost the entire album that's the one constant for this album i would agree with that and even on the lesser of the tracks I still find a good couple spots to get into it. Mm-hmm. Even on the ones that I didn't care for the song itself as much, the
1: instruments were doing their best. <laughs> Absolutely. I really enjoy Anxious as well. Like I said, I like I like the beginning of Mistakes with kind of the ethereal intro. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit long of a song to be uh, this kind of concept intro ethereal kind of thing. Yeah, But Anxious, just when I think it's maybe going to be repeat that Mistake. You hit that, like, last 45 seconds of the song where the bridge comes in. Yeah. And it just
0: revitalizes
1: the whole song.
0: It really does. I think it's a great musical parallel because in the bridge, he talks about screaming it, but I won't believe it. And that's the point in the song where they just cut loose and scream it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that bridge, and then they do it again on the outro with the, all scream it, but I won't believe it. That full sound is what I feel like the band lacks on some of their other tracks. I feel like that right there is the sound that from now like when i think of hippocampus that's what i'm gonna think of is that Mm. full band sound and so then on some of these other tracks where it's just jake singing chorus after chorus by himself with the instrumentals don't really hit the same because i know what the full
0: band sound can be like they've given it to me on track two they did but i don't want them to overdo it no by the same token i think if they put it in too much you'd really get burnt out on it
1: i don't think no i think that I disagree with that. I think the band themselves, I would like them better if... Not necessarily the intensity or the volume or, like, the swell, but just their sound as a band was more of a band sound and less of an individual singer with a backup band. Mm. That's the point I'm trying to is A lot of these tracks could be described as just an individual singer with a backup band doing instrumentals and the occasional, like, ha accent every once in a while. Okay. Whereas in, like, this bridge and outro, even though it's mainly still just Jake singing, something about it, like, the full band coming together in this way, And they do it again on one of the later tracks where they're all together. Just is really nice. And I like the sound better.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Not to
1: say that I didn't like some of the single stuff. Just that in general, I think... That's
0: the style I preferred. Gotcha. There's a good blend of styles on this album. This one, you're right, it does start very minimal with the little beep boops and a drum line, which I like. Keeps things moving. And you know, it didn't actually always sound that way. They almost had an entirely different arrangement that was obviously way more bass heavy being written by the bassist, but they made some decisions in the studio to switch it around and I think that was a win, at least on most fronts. And I think the lyrics bounce around enough, too, to kind of match the feeling of being anxious, like jittery, kind of, and just uncertainty, the cadence is great.
1: Yeah, they have some good lyrics in here too.
0: Yeah, there's not much left to do, even less to say, but glue together moments just to throw them all away. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can hear just even speaking that how it but up but up but up but up but like there's a good ebb and flow to that lyric and the rest of them too.
1: Yep, they do some fun rhythmic stuff with the vocals. Mm-hmm. Like you usually see some really kind of spiced up, fun, playful rhythms in the instrumentals on a lot of albums. I feel like easier to do or more comfortable to do then sometimes because when you're doing the lyrics you run that risk of making it hard to become catchy or sing-alongable that a lot of music strives for and so you run that risk when you start throwing in these kind of we will really talk about it on the next track where it, these real fragmented uh, eighth note quarter eighth note rhythms that kind of bounce all around mm-hmm. but i like them i like them too i they stick with me long term is it may be off of the you know initial gut punch harder to follow and pick up But once you got it, it sticks to your bones.
0: Yeah. Okay, a bone sticker. That's a new one. I like it. Track three is up next. It's called Doubt. And I have no doubt that this was one of my favorites. One of your favorites. Nice. I love the way this one starts. It's got that dirty, grindy synth sound that backs this Mm -hmm. one up. It's a really strong start right away. And whereas the last two songs have been really ambient and floaty and kind of like that, except for, you know, the last bridge, this has a really cool arpeggiated kind of sound where we lose any of that ambience. Mm -hmm. Like all together, it's just gone. The band says this actually Doubt was their first time they tried to base a song around a keyboard. Gotcha. Yeah. And instrumentally, this song is the first time Hippocampus ever featured the work of another signed musician. Oh. Corey Wong, the guitarist from the band Wolfpack, contributes the guitar solo in The Bridge. Oh, nice.
1: This is that, like I kind of talked about in the last song, one of those ones that they, again, go with some more complicated vocal rhythms. The bum, 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 bum. A lot of eighth, you know, a lot of quarter, quarter, eighths. Yes. Halfs, quarters, eighths, quarters, halves. Just kind of back and forth all around rather than your standard, maybe just eighth notes or half notes together they're really playing with what they're choosing to do mixing it up
0: yeah and it kind of counters what they're doing with the arpeggio in the keyboard sound mm-hmm. a lot yes they fight each other
1: it's that like techno synth vibe to it where like
0: like his voice is almost trying to match the rhythm of the synth yeah doubt is a song i think Honestly, I could put this song on repeat mm-hmm. and just like let it go, whatever I'm doing, and not get tired of it. Yeah, I, I really think it would just be a permanent loop if if that was the thing I had to endure. I could do it. Pretty good. Yeah,
1: pretty uh good compliment.
0: It is. It is. It's a high energy song. It's fun to listen to, and I think the lyrics hit in a meaningful way too. It's really a trifecta. Oh yeah. The song is all about doubting whether the situation you're in is actually genuine love or whether it's something more surface level. And I think that's a pretty universal and complicated emotion that they're tackling pretty well. Yeah.
1: And this is another one of those ones that Jake kind of singing by himself works again, maybe because they've stripped back any of the ethereal sounding and gone full in on the, on the synth. But yes, I, I think it works with him singing this one, especially then juxtaposed bringing that word back. <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep. Cut for some of you listeners to the choruses, where again, it's the full band coming together with the love is it love, you're right. That then it smooths back out to what we just heard on Mistakes and Anxious.
0: Yeah, it's a good contrast between everything except the chorus and the chorus. Well, and I think
1: it's cool that i don't know i don't have the one listen i'm still kind of trying to wrap my brain around some of this but it feels like the verses you know they got this poppy funk techno vibe to them right and then you hit the chorus and in a song called doubt it feels like the chorus matching the vibe of the terms mistakes and anxious when he's asking, is it love, we got trouble keeping up, I and never have doubt. All, all these things. It's interesting that that matches the previous two songs called Anxious and Mistakes
0: versus the lyrics. I know there's
1: something there. I'm going to need a couple more lyrics to really find what it is.
0: Yeah, it's a, a marked shift in lyrical content and musical yeah. content, kind of in opposite directions.
1: There's something to singing Love Is It Love matching the songs called Anxious and Mistakes versus the lyrics. I think it's copacetic, drink it up like it's a fetish you know like there's something there i don't know what yet (laughs) yeah yeah and now for the title track and second single from the album bambi heck yes the most popular one on spotify as well and one of my least favorites one of your least
0: favorites i did say i didn't care for the singles interesting well i like bambi it's different i'll give you bambi is different it's definitely
1: bottom half maybe bottom third
0: wow i like bambi a lot jake lupin wrote this one the band says it's about feeling a lack of control over your mood swings and trying to embolden the part of yourself that could help you get through that. So a lot of the lyrics reflect that. Mm. My friends are feeling put through it. Like I'm, I'm really doing my friends wrong, but I can't help it. It's just I'm bringing the bad vibes <laughs> and I'm trying to find a way to correct. And same as the album, once again, title comes from Aunt Bambi's Lake House. The band says that "Bambi" was the last song they actually added to the record, and probably the most elusive.
1: Maybe I judged it too hard off only one listen. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't care for the f- random falsettos he's put on random words as he was kind of jumping all around lyrically vocally.
0: Oh, at the starts of phrases like "I haven't," and then he comes back down. Been much myself. Yeah,
1: but it also on some of the longer phrases, pop in the middle. Be like, I feel like my friends or something like that. I don't know. Somewhere in like the longer phrases it would randomly also go back up. And I just feel like on some of these other ones I had longer verses, maybe be, you know, they'd only maybe have one chorus and they'd have a couple verses and refrains and bridges kind of fleshing out the song. This one, there was way more, it was two small verses and then there was these two longer dragged out choruses mm-hmm. within this giant outro that was just the same thing repeated on itself. And so it didn't feel as flushed out of a song as some of the other stuff.
0: Gotcha. Repetitive outro, that tracks. It makes perfect sense with how you'd feel about this song. I didn't even think about it. It It's just
1: that mixed with these longer drawn out courses that had falsettos I didn't care for, and the only real meat of the song, which is what I consider the verses, because that's where usually most of the story is. There was just two tiny little like four or five phrase verses.
0: That's true. It's a little less content wise.
1: Also, just want to point out again, instrumentals doing their best. I love the instrumentals. Yeah,
0: they're really good. And at the end, they bring in those synth horns, which just. Yeah. like the perfect little icing on the cake mm. i like bambi i can see why it'd be a controversial pick maybe not my thing not your thing fair enough not everything is everybody's thing they all have to be my thing the P's the people's champion if your thing is not his it is not a thing of the people <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey listen if you can't give me my thing why even try
0: why even try <laughs> that's the next track up Track five, The Halfway Point. What are they? Nathan Stalker wrote this song. Nice. And yeah, it's about a struggling relationship. And the main sentiment is, well, if it's not going to go anywhere in the long run, why even try now? It's a bit of a sunk cost kind of fallacy. He also says Bubbles later on is about the same relationship. It takes a bit of a different perspective, but it got the same inspiration.
1: Man, that the instrumentals that pick up after that first verse before we get into the second verse gave me full like indie band sound, and I loved it.
0: Yeah, well, the first... first... First verse almost doesn't even count. It's like a...
1: It's more like an intro, like I kind of expected at the beginning of Mistake. You know where they're trying to set you up for the song?
0: Yeah, instead (laughs) Mistake's turn into the whole song. This one actually is like a welcome mat and then you step through the door. Yep, and I can,
1: I like this one. This is good.
0: It is, and why even try to change as that last line of that introductory first verse? It's a great line before this little kind of drone of a musical transition. There's this really almost oppressive rhythmicality and a pulse to the track once they kick into full gear. I like it. Mm-mm.
1: Well, and they do that thing that I love when artists do when they write a song, and that's give slight, subtle changes to a common theme thematical lyric yep the, the end of verse one is why you even try to change the end of verse two is why you even try to mend and the end of verse three is why you even try to hear they just slightly change it each time and then you bring us full circle for the outro for why you even try to change to end the song
0: yeah oh absolutely it's
1: good so that's the kind of stuff i like that shows you're putting when you don't do it it doesn't mean you're not putting thought and complexity into your lyrics but doing it is a clear sign of complex and thoughtful lyrics
0: yeah I agree that's actually a good point Zach said it's pretty depressing I don't know the lyrics are really self-loathing he said whenever we play those songs or at least when I play those songs I get into a headspace and think about why we wrote that song
1: this is why they have to expel their negative emotions before playing
0: verbatim he (laughs) says it's nice to have that catharsis Oh. So it very very much is...
1: They do expel their negative emotions just when they play, not before they play.
0: Yeah, give me a point back. No, because the... You you don't have jurisdiction over that. Sorry, the mixtape. I don't have that
1: jurisdiction, and even if I did, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think Why Even Try is a great album track.
1: Oh, I love Why Even Try. It's a good one.
0: Yeah, I'm not even sure... That it stands on its own quite as well? I think it does. I like it on its own well enough. I'll put it in the shuffle playlist. You know, I love it. But it does lean into the concept of the record in a really solid way. You know, if you've got all these yeah. anxieties and these doubts and you're struggling to maintain friendships, well, why even try? It's kind of like a like a culmination of all the stuff we've discussed to this point.
1: Love the instrumentals as well. in the little instrumental break.
0: Yeah, it's great. Well... I know you only had one listen yesterday, so the next track maybe escaped you a little bit, but you probably had enough time to think it over. Think It Over is a very different track on this album it kind of for me falls more in the realm of mistakes just based on the sound and style of it yeah it, it feels a little more towards the cosmic beach boys end of the scale for a moment there
1: for some reason i interpreted that at first as it was as this was a song was a mistake no no and i was like whoa <laughs> no no
0: that's not what i'm saying it also is a three four time signature which we haven't yet seen on this record
1: which is cool mm-hmm.
0: it's another jake lupin composition he says i wrote the vocal melody on a bass in zach's bedroom and he said we spent the rest. of the day in his home studio writing the song directly in Pro Tools. It was one of the first times we'd written a song as a band entirely in a DAW, which is an acronym for a digital audio workstation, like, you know, GarageBand or something. It's the first time they used that to write a song. Hmm. Lyrically, Think It Over is about, once again, not being sure you're ready for the commitment that a relationship would bring. You know, uh, it's a failure to pursue, it's a sentimental mindset, it's a thoughtless way to love. It's very interesting i don't know just the song in general has a really unique feel to it
1: yeah it's another one of those concept songs to it that you really gotta just buy into the headspace it's gonna put you in in order to i think enjoy it yeah because uh you can already probably guess my opinions on it it's just a chorus followed by a repetitive bridge followed by the chorus again followed by another repetitive outro <laughs> So
0: <laughs> so that's just it. I think thinking it over <laughs> is super like captivating and immersive, but it also kind of makes me feel a little impatient by the end of it.
1: Uh-huh. But maybe that's part of the point because it's saying you got time mm-hmm. to think it over and you're like, I don't want to think it over. I'm done.
0: That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I want bubbles. Exactly what I'm thinking. Well, but <laughs> uh, that's, a, <laughs> that's a cool
1: concept, I guess. Whatever. I guess. It, it- kind of falls into the same <laughs> bubble as mistakes. (laughs) yeah in the sense that it overstays its welcome just a little bit a little the ethereal kind of the lyrics kind of just blending in with the music and having this wave of just almost emotion trying to wash over you is cool and acceptable but not for three minutes
0: no (laughs) it's a little on the longer side so i'm curious to see what bubble you would put bubbles into Definitely not a bubble. Oh, Bubbles is a bubbleless song? I don't know. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I love Bubbles. It's a fun one. Nathan Stalker recorded this one. Initially, the Rough Draft was another one of his voice memos, and Bubbles is just what he decided to call it for some reason, and that's what stuck. Interestingly, though, I do think the instrumentals have always kind of reminded me of, like, rapidly popping Bubbles. Just the, the way the bass kind of slaps your ears. Pop, 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 yeah. pop, 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 pop it's just like little (laughs) little pops in the, the rhythmic background of the song. They say the song is about prioritizing the history of the relationship over the struggles of the present. And like I said, the song was based on the same relationship as Why Even Try. And actually what they did was they took Why Even Try and tried to make Bubbles... As a direct response to that, what would someone say in a situation where why even try is the case?
1: How do you feel about the bridge?
0: Great question. So the bridge itself is chaotic. It's loud, in your face, surprising.
1: Distorted.
0: Yeah, it's distorted and it's jarring. I really like the contrast between the sections. The verses, you know, they're jittery, they're relaxed. The bridge, I think it just like shreds your brain with these really abrasive sounds and intense lyrics. I don't know. What did you think of it? Too much?
1: conceptually cool okay for like listenability as like an actual song hated
0: (laughs) hated it wow
1: so some of it's pretty cool conceptually but it's not my cup of tea okay i did describe it in my notes as feeling like it was trying to evoke what emotions you'd have while being waterboarded
0: yes (laughs) i think that may be close to what they were going for
1: (laughs) it'd be like if i was just being held underwater and couldn't breathe and like bubbles were coming up right from where i was like trying to breathe underwater while being like held underwater or something. whatever
0: (laughs) that's the emotion you're feeling
1: that's like what that specific section like evoked in me yeah (laughs)
0: okay well that's a good connection bubbles ends with jake singing the lyrics burn the room feel it bloom now and that's An allusion to the way their sound had changed since their debut album, Landmark. Kind of burn it down to make way for a new direction. That same kind of sentiment we talked about on Apoptosis. And that kind of burned the room. That's a mantra the band is used in other ways i think they did like a burn the room remix of one of these songs so they embrace that kind of violent change now the next track you could tell me what you think about it honestly i like it you like honestly honestly it's hard to know what you're thinking so that's good it's
1: another one where the instrumentals just really get me with the it's great it's great and (laughs) I actually you know how i feel about like speaking in songs I love the intro. It's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) the song starts
0: and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I suck. And somebody just goes, yeah, you do. (laughs) <laughs> yes, there's a fun story behind that. They wrote this song within a half hour, just flew through, cranked it out. And not only did they write it fast, they recorded it fast too. Lupin says we laid down the instrumental within an hour of writing it. So an hour and a half total. And yeah, the mistake in the intro is just the result of them literally playing it for almost the first time. <laughs> They said, we ended up keeping that mistake in the final recording of the song. It's a nice moment on the album meant to remind people that there's still humans behind the music. Humans that can't always do everything perfectly all the time. And honestly, like, I, th- like, no, I just said honestly. That was actually not huh. an honestly joke. But in a way, I think that really does mirror the idea of honesty. It's kind of a look into the real process instead of presenting this perfect polished song we get a little bit of a peek behind the curtain which is a little cool
1: yeah i also really enjoy what they did stylistically with the chorus how honestly (laughs) it's hard to know what (laughs) it's just a bum 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 it's pretty cool
0: it is and it incorporates the entire band like you like yep and they get to do the falsetto part so it's not just all jake all the time trying to bounce all over the place. It's a little more... Well, and I'm not
1: against falsetto. It's just I didn't like how they use it on the
0: album. it's funny that I just responded to you in a high-pitched voice. Yeah, and it's nice that it parallels that really great piano-type hook. It's very fun. The chorus melody is top-notch. Yeah. It's one of the most memorable songs on the album. I think you'll walk away singing along honestly. I mean, regardless of what other songs you liked or didn't like.
1: I also love the, like, distorted horn you get.
0: Where? I think that's a guitar. Is it?
1: Is that a guitar? Mm -hmm. It sounded like a distorted, like, horn.
0: It's a very distorted guitar. Oh! Sounds like they're using front pickups and fuzz pedals and... Yeah, maybe, yeah. I like it. Honestly pretty good song track nine is the next track on the album obviously we've just finished track eight track nine is golden it was the album's first single and it came out just two days before the record's release it is about jake lupin's girlfriend of six years and a little bit of a fun fact it had a working title called polka dot socks interesting uh-huh
1: and that, when those instruments kick in with the wah-wah of the guitar and the wah-wah
0: <laughs> yeah the the big guitar melody part i love it yeah nathan stalker says the song is a series of questions within a long lasting relationship the desire to scrap everything paired with the desire to keep it all intact and he says we realize there are no answers to the questions asked in the lyrics but you have to ask them anyway And those questions all come up in the chorus. You know, why is it I want to change for you? Why is it that I want to see this through? Why are we pursuing this? What's the end goal? A little bit of a DTR. This is another one I enjoyed. That's good. I like that.
1: And it's mainly because I like the way this song... It, this song i'm gonna describe it like cooking oh. right like one of the things that like high like five star chefs like to do right is try to as you're eating the dish like the different flavor notes like wash over your palate oh. at different times uh-huh like that's what this song does like the verse has a different style than the pre-chorus that's a different style from the chorus which has a different style from the bridge it's kind of like washes over you in different ways but yet they all complement one another it's not like drastic like sour patch kids like sweet and sour or whatever <laughs> it's like yeah they all complement one another and naturally transition surprisingly well i think from one style to the other mm-hmm. but that's how i would describe it is like different flavor notes washing over my ears
0: yeah i agree definitely
1: and my ears are smiling
0: heck yeah and one thing that they like to do in addition to presenting you with all these different notes of flavor and different styles of song, is at the end, frequently, what Hippocampus does is they'll blend them all together. It happens a little bit on Golden, but especially on like a track like Doubt. Yep. You know, I'll scream it, but I won't believe it. I've been here before. I'll tell them, don't you know it's all the same? Like They put all these parts together at once, and you realize it's that. It's that same melding of flavors into the final dish of the song i guess yep i think golden is underrated at least in my mind i've i've regularly underrated golden
1: it's got the second most listens on spotify
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Well, that's why it's in my mind.
1: <laughs> you underrate it specifically? Yeah. That's why you're not the people's champion.
0: And up next, finally, on the album, track 10. Just 10 tracks for this record. The one I
1: referenced all the way at the beginning that James didn't get.
0: You did reference it all the way back at the beginning. Passenger's probably my least listened to song on the album. That's why I didn't get it. Really? Yeah. Passenger, ironically, despite being the last track on the record, it was the first teaser that they released to the album. And then, oh. by extension, of the band's new Sonic direction it came out back in june of 2018 a good four or five months before the rest of the album jake lupin says lyrically the themes deal with the challenges of growing alongside the person you love and he says for this one in particular he really went out of his way to go with a complex chord progression and all kinds of stuff that he just hasn't done before and i think that makes sense passenger obviously is the longest track on the album by a matter of minutes and i'm a huge fan of it. huge fan of it
1: yeah this one does not overstay its welcome first off Instantly caught my ear with the bloop bloop, 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 bloop from yeah. the instrumentals.
0: It's a different kind of sound. We haven't even heard the sound yet at all.
1: But it doesn't feel out of place. Like sometimes we hit those ones where we're like, hmm, this felt like it broke kind of the vibe of the album. This one did not break
0: it. No, it actually almost feels a little bit like the beginning of Bubbles, but in a way more drummy kind of way.
1: So this one goes in the same bubble as bubbles?
0: Yeah, it's the bubble bubble song. I gotcha.
1: But not only did it catch my ear with that, but then the very first time Jay comes in singing when he says cat. Calico. I just love that as an intro to a song. I was like, whoa, Calico, you'll always chase a pedigree. I was like, man, all right, we're jumping in with some interesting lyrics from the Mm -hmm. get-go. Absolutely. And also, the way he sings Calico, very pleasing. It's very easy to, you know, one of the things when they teach you about, like, in singing is how to pronounce certain sounds slightly wrong because they sound better when sung rather than said. Yep. Like, it would have been very easy to put the hard, like, ah sound on calico as he was holding it out would have been gross and it would have been gross so that more calico that he puts on it is much more pleasant to my smiling ears
0: yeah i think you're absolutely right well trained
1: i really dove in on that first lyric (laughs) it's a
0: good first lyric it's a good first lyric and the rest of the lyrics are similarly poetic passenger i'm clinging to the driver's seat but you've got all the fight we need it's oh there
1: was a buffoonish lyric on a previous track i forgot to point out
0: Uh oh if you know it let me know it's like when he says likes Something. Hang on, I gotta go figure out where it was. Well, while you do that, I will inform everybody that on Passenger, the main piano part was actually written by the drummer, Whistler Allen, and they loved it so much, they slapped it on the end of the record. It actually was another voice memo kind of song they actually recorded an entire series of piano tracks on a voice memo thing they said it was very indie and this one they picked out to bring into the full album which is great here it is found it it's one more it's on bubbles it's back on bubbles what's what's the buffoonish
1: bubbles buffoonish bubble got pop that buffoonish bubble and the refrain says all the parts that you're effing with like a tourniquet i could light the whole thing up why are you lighting up a tourniquet that's not what you do with a tourniquet no <laughs>
0: No, that that's true. <laughs>
1: I was like, what do you mean like a tourniquet? Yeah,
0: no, I don't have an explanation for that one. Yeah. So back to Passenger. Anyway,
1: Passenger for me is the song. This is why it shocked me that it was your least listened to. It's the song that finally did it as close to 100% right as you could. Okay. For this album. Interesting. All the things that I, so like on doubt and stuff, I was like, I had good vocals or I liked the rhythms and then I'm like, why even try? I really enjoyed the lyrics and the instrumentals. Talked about how it honestly had that unique chorus structure and instrumental break. They teased you with all the pieces. For the most part, most of the songs had at least one to two aspects of how to write a song that I really, really liked on that song specifically Mm -hmm. that then other songs would be missing. This one had pretty much all of them nice and it was really fitting that it was at the end of the album it was both fitting and sad that it took all the way to the end of the album to hit the song that like wrapped everything up in the perfect little bow structurally yeah the way i wanted it to it's
0: kind of i i would tend to say it's probably better that they saved it for this far back especially if you don't yeah. think they hit it anywhere else no better time like the conclusion
1: correct because then the, everything after would have just been like a slump and I've really
0: been would like, a slump and this is kind of like they're giving you different pieces that they'll put together at the end and then yeah. they bring it all together at the finale instead of like leaving pieces out and then giving them later i don't know it's different the end of passenger is from a different part of that same recording of the homeless man they featured at the end of mistakes oh which is another way that they bring the beginning and the end of the album together in a full circle
1: clever
0: very clever right and you'd never know that's what i love about the podcast you know things you'd never know
1: i think I've, i would like to amend my previous statement all the way back on about the full sound okay being what I think the band needs. It doesn't always need to be the full band sound or like the heightened, you know, distorted Jake sound. I just think they need to do more because some of these other people wrote songs and jump into the songs lyrically every once in a while. I just think they need more duet between Jake and Nathan. Like on verse two, when they're both singing together, it's very pretty. and I'm like, give me more of that as well. So like just less of him by himself in any other combination, I think. That way you can keep it fresh. Harmonies and yeah, sure. yeah, Get some more harmonies in there.
0: It sounds like we're ready for final spin. I think we are. I think we are too. So let's think it over in final spin. As for my scores, this is such a fun album to listen to. It's a deep album lyrically the themes are like a little heavy but the music kind of like it takes you through that but it almost feels like you're going through it looking at it through glass you don't have to feel the emotions you can just see how these people are experiencing them which is interesting i love the music a lot of these songs are sing-alongable a lot like you said are very memorable and they really did challenge themselves to break their landmark mold bone stickers bone yeah bone stickers (laughs) musical bone stickers so i'm giving this album an 88 for music Lyrically, it's tough. There are some songs that they do get into the repetitive bit of the lyrics and uh, some are stronger than others admittedly, but I do like that they don't shy away from really anything. Given lyrics in 83, instruments of production, I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. I'll be honest. I think it's great. The production is really clean. The instruments, like you said, there are a lot of sounds that are different. This album rarely presents you with the same thing twice. And when it does, there's a purpose behind it. For example, like that chorus on Doubt that takes you all the way back to the same feeling of mistakes it's cleverly constructed and well executed 92 for instruments of production and the overall vibe oh i can't believe most of these songs are like barely three minutes They feel loaded. This is a 10-track album that's like a half hour long, and it it just feels easy to listen to. I'm giving the vibe a 96, pretty high on that vibe score. Overall, that's giving the album an 89.5, mostly hampered by the lyrics, to be honest. That puts it at number 97 on the rankings list. This would be a top 100. Wow. Yeah. And oh, playlist pick is going to be a tough one. And my pick is going to be solely dependent on what yours is.
1: Wow. You're going to force me to pick, huh? Uh-huh. Can I get a hint of what you're thinking about?
0: Front runners include Anxious, Doubt, maybe Bambi, but that's the lower end. Bubbles is in contention a little tiny bit, little tiny bit, and honestly is another strong front runner. Mm. I'd put my, my non-existent top three-ish at Anxious, Doubt, Honestly. Okay.
1: I just want to make sure there wasn't anything
0: drastic in there that was going to be a front runner that I wasn't going to like. That you needed to stop me from doing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have my guesses for what you'll pick based on what you've said so far.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I've kind of summarized a lot of my thoughts, I think, at the end of with Passenger, with kind of like the summary of everything I liked throughout the album and how it all wrapped up nice with Passenger. So I think I'll just jump right into what my top three are. And by jump right in, I mean, I need to ask you a question. How important is it for me to have all three of my picks next week? Oh,
0: (laughs) you will want all three of your picks next week. Really? Yes. Okay. Maybe that's me being optimistic, but next week is one of my like favorites. I, it may blow your mind. Really?
1: That means something on my list needs to
0: go more than three top threes is a good sign
1: to be honest with you there was half the album really really liked i could see myself listening to them you know outside of the context of the podcast the other half the other five tracks eh, probably never listened to again outside of like the relisten and i give every album uh-huh. so it's a pretty 50 50 album for me so my top three in album order doubt don't doubt it why even try why not honestly are you sure is my honorable mention okay and passenger yep and there was another one in there can't tell you what it was unfortunately
0: i was pretty anxious about it yeah about wanting to take an extra one <laughs> yeah pretty- i was pretty
1: anxious about i want to take an extra one so i had to ask you
0: <laughs> yeah fair okay well we'll never know
1: we'll never know couldn't possibly know
0: no it's locked in the vault
1: <laughs> my playlist pick i think it's gonna have to be passenger just because it brings everything together is it it's interesting because it brings everything together but i'm not 100 certain it's my favorite song
0: on the album nice i think if you're taking passenger anxious is gonna take it mostly because if we're representing this album and this band on the playlist anxious is a lot more consistent section to section doubt does a little more jumping around
1: fair enough but yeah and then my score what are you thinking for a score
0: i i don't want to guess you don't want to guess no i'm optimistic but i don't want to guess really i think i'll speak something out of existence no I don't want to take a guess come on I love it when you guess it's so hard I can't tell I can't remember how much you like some of these others well can I be so bold as to suggest this may land at a nine in between Lil Nas X Montero and Tina Turner's Private Dancer
1: wow you think when I said this album was 50 50 track wise it was getting a nine no I don't know
0: (laughs) the things that you liked you really
1: liked it's gonna have to be a little better than 50 50 track wise to pop into my nines
0: i know i just that's what i'm saying i would want it to be a nine
1: i mean it's gotta be dr demento's greatest christmas novelty CD of all time that's which the other I thing like almost too. every try.
0: that's the other thing too <laughs> That shouldn't be in the nines. Anyway.
1: This one is getting eight princes
0: of the forest for me. But it's not about Bambi the deer. I suppose I'll begrudgingly be okay with that. This
1: is slotting in between Fragile by Yes and OK Orchestra by AJR. Oh,
0: that's a painful ranking. Oh, Really? Yeah. That's pretty good. It is. It is. It's not where I would put it. That's why it's painful. Yeah. That's what this podcast is all about. You hurting my feelings. At least you gave it a very thorough analysis. I can't be mad about... You didn't just willy-nilly stick it down there. (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for this week. I hope I haven't oversold you on next week already.
1: Listen, if next week I am not happy to have all of my picks, I don't know what I'll do, but it'll be significant.
0: (laughs) So noted. Next (laughs) week will be a B-side cut, too. We'll have a special extended episode for the next episode. Crazy. Yeah, that's exciting. And at some point in the future to us but the past for you we'll be checking out the grammys so enjoy that well thanks for listening to this episode of spin it we really appreciate it yeah if you're looking for more spin it content first of all you can find our favorite songs playlist both on youtube and on spotify it's called spin it favorite songs the music behind the podcast and if you're looking for more of us just in general we're on socials at spin pod on twitter twitch tiktok all of it at spin pod official on instagram so i guess when i said all of it that was a lie and also we're on the web at www.spinitpod.com where you can find all kinds of bonus content next week's extended episode and more and our store
1: the mixtaper would also like me to remind the audience that he has his twitter page at the underscore mixtaper.
0: and if that sounds like a good time to you and you don't want this feeling to end then
1: there's only one thing to do
0: yeah keep spinning keep
1: spinning Again, though, I I think you're really underappreciating how much skill it would take to shoot a deer running at full speed.
0: (gasps) Oh, we're back here. It would take some skill, but people do trap shooting with, like, clay pigeons, and I guess that's a shotgun.
1: Yeah, one, that's a shotgun, and two, it's going to follow, like, an arc pattern that you're already anticipating. This is a deer. How fast did deer run? I don't even know let's look allows him to reach record speeds of up to 30 miles per hour imagine trying to shoot something running 30 miles an hour
0: it's not that's tough but the deer in theory could be running in a straight line away from him which would mean it's a little easier you don't have to deviate left or right as much and i don't know i mean yeah sure i have to watch bambi again to get a a grasp on the situation but first i'm gonna listen to bambi again this is a bone sticker of an episode